0: Now, here is Molly DeVos.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in with us today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I'm excited to have my handsome husband and co-host, Dewey Vaughn, back to the show. He, he's missed the last several because I've been on a, a string of interviews, but Dewey's back. Yay!
2: Yay! Yay, yay, yay. Hello, everyone, and thank you for um, taking care of my wife while I was gone, and by listening to her podcast, you are doing a a good service to her and all the people she brings to the podcast, so I'm happy to take a little break once in a while when she's got great people that come to the podcast, so hello, my beautiful love, Mm. hello to all you Cat fans out there.
1: So happy you're back. You need to be on every week.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, listen... It looks like we have a listener, Leanne, who wrote and suggested this podcast, which I think is amazing because you know that's how we like to have it. We like to have people write in and suggest podcasts and things because you do a great job of research and bringing all that information to the forefront. So I'd like for I'd like to read what she has sent to us and um, then maybe ask some questions and kind of see how this works out Um, and if you any of you other listeners out there really you have a topic in mind as I read this or as you just think about it you can email molly at cattalkradio.com it's molly at cattalkradio.com now let me do my best at reading what Leanne sent to us she says, I know you have touched on this briefly, but I think it would be really cool if you did a whole podcast episode about how much cats and dogs really can love each other. This is a good one. I I think we have talked about this quite often. You've talked about it in various segments, so this would be good to talk about. She goes on to say... I brought a new kitten home about two months ago from the shelter, who was at the time four months old. He was an older kitten who has been at the shelter and has never been around any dogs. And this happens to you, Molly, all the time. I hear you talk about that um, quite often. So she goes on to say that was obvious because once I brought him home and my dog came to sniff the crate, my kitten would growl like a motor and hiss. And we've seen that happen for sure. Uh, This also made my 80-pound dog feel threatened because he is a big baby. (laughs) I seriously did not think it was going to work out and contemplated taking the cat back to the shelter because I was worried it wouldn't end well. I would probably worry about that also, Leanne. She goes on to say, everyone kept telling me to wait it out, be patient, and I'm so glad that I did now every day when i get home the kitten rubs up against the dog and wants to lay right next to him isn't that cool i still keep them separated when going away because the kitten wants to play with the dog like he's a toy and they can both get a little rough so their playtime is always supervised that makes a lot of sense my little kitten is obviously with my dog now and i don't believe he was ever or even around dogs his whole life it's hard to even believe that that was the case because they get along so well anyways just thought it would be great subject to touch on so other people know that a relationship with a cat doesn't have to end because you have a dog i'm so glad i made the decision to keep my kitten because i can't imagine life without him or my pup wow this is cool Thank you, Leanne. That sounds cool. So Molly, so does this, does it normally work out or work itself out like this on most, most times?
1: No, obviously not. And, and I think Leanne didn't share with us the process she went through because, you know, she said the kitten was growling and hissing. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's best buddies with this 80 pound dog. And I, I I think there are a lot of steps in between she probably left out, but because it it certainly doesn't always work out this way. However, I will say that it is a lot easier to introduce cats to dogs than it is to introduce cats to cats.
2: Really? You know that seems strange to me. I mean, it does seem like she did a lot of things. She did say that it was supervised. She did say that she did a lot of things, but obviously didn't go into detail. But wouldn't they be more comfortable around their own kind?
1: Well, you've heard me say a thousand times that cats have evolved as a solitary species, right? In the wild, a cat will be in a large area by itself it's not sharing that area with other cats and unless it's a mom cat that has kittens excuse me i have something in my throat um so cats really don't have a social hierarchy you know they're they're independent loners and they view other cats as territory invaders whereas a dog has evolved with a very definite social hierarchy you hear alpha dog and uh, by the way here comes pico Uh oh! and you hear you know, <laughs> where, where dogs pico move on he's rubbing against the microphone oh my gosh and knocking stuff off my desk thank you very much sir now go on uh, you, you know dogs dogs establish a, a pack mentality in the home right and and there's they see people as pack leaders and so everybody has a rank like, like a ladder, basically. Every person has a, a step on the ladder. Well, it's just not like that for cats at all. Cats think, you know, they are the boss of everything and everyone all the time. So when you bring in another boss, you know what that's like. Remember when we were yeah. together, what that was like? Yeah. <laughs> two, two chefs in the kitchen, as they say. Two,
2: yeah, two yeah.
1: Well sometimes that's difficult. Well, it's like that way with with cats, right? So cats can typically be okay with dogs unless the dog really sees the cat as as prey, then then you have an issue.
2: Wow. So what happens if uh, you have a really prey driven dog? Should you not try to get a cat with one of those types of breeds? I mean, I would say a pit bull. You wouldn't really want to get a cat with a pit bull, right?
1: Well, I mean, I, I hate to, I hate to stereotype breeds because every dog is an individual, just like every cat and every person is an individual. But I, I always ask people, you know, when they come in the shelter and they're looking to adopt a cat and they're telling me they have a dog, I always ask them, does your dog chase squirrels? If a squirrel gets in the backyard, does the dog chase it? And if so, has the dog ever caught one? And will the dog kill and eat a squirrel? Because that's a pretty good indication. If the cat gets the zippies around you know, the house and the cat's running around, that's gonna be a lot like squirrel. And if that triggers the dog, then, you know, you you could have a really ugly situation. I mean, you know, the last thing anyone wants, of course, is a dog to to kill a cat. Now, you know, there are breeds that are more prey driven than others. You know, the the terriers, the rat terriers, like you said, um, some pit bulls can be unpredictable, but really it's more about the dog's history so i you know i it, it's always dicey of course if you have a little dog no problem a cat is usually going to put the dog in its place but but yes that is something you need to consider is is your dog a prey driven dog and you can usually find that out by watching what it does in the backyard with the squirrels
2: so pico doesn't seem to be afraid of dogs no. I mean, seen, we've seen very few that he has, and most of them he plays with or does something with. Is that because he was around them prior to his adoption?
1: Yeah, and and you know, but you've also heard me talk a lot about the window of socialization for cats is from three to seven weeks of age. So if you have a kitten who's been exposed to dogs, then that kitten is going to grow up to be a cat who is probably okay with dogs, or at least not frightened by them as long as their experience with dogs was a good one. Now, if they you know, were exposed to dogs that were very threatening at that time when they were in that developmental stage, well, then they're probably gonna be afraid of dogs. And of course, if they haven't seen dogs at all, they're gonna be very afraid of them because they, they don't know what that is. Same thing too with adult cats. You have a much better chance of a cat getting along with another cat, if it has been around adult cats that weren't its, you know, something other than its mom during that narrow, narrow window of socialization. So, you know, when um, Dallas Cat Lady is the group, the rescue group that we adopted Pico from, and when they texted me pictures, my friend Janie there texted me a picture of Pico, and he was a little tiny kitten, and he'd come in from a foster for his neuter surgery and she knew that we were looking for another cat like Tabasco so she sent me a picture and she said I don't know if you're still looking but this little guy just came in for neuter surgery and and he was adorable of course and and I said well he's he certainly visually fits the bill but you know where was he what foster what was the foster home like cuz I wasn't going to adopt him if he was a solo kitten or a kitten that had been you know very I don't know what the right word is, but, but, you know, not exposed to a lot of things and in a very quiet environment, maybe with just one person. And that's because that would not be the kind of kitten that would thrive in our lives because we're on the go all the time. And he was already eight weeks at the time. So, you know, that window of socialization was was closing. So anyway, she tells me about the foster and says, yeah, this foster you know, they have dogs and cats and horses and all kinds of stuff. And she said, so, yeah, there's there's tons going on in the house, kids and things like that. So I talked to the foster and she told me that she kept her foster kittens in a, in a pop-up pen in the middle of the living room. And she had dogs. And, you know, the dogs were always checking on the kittens and things like that. So I assumed that he was probably going to be okay with dogs but absolutely if cats have you know trauma surrounding a past dog experience then it's going to be an issue
2: so let's talk about the difference between you know introducing a kitten or introducing an adult cat which one do you think is the better one to be introducing to your new dog or your dog
1: Well, I think kittens are, are, it's kind of like, kind of like people, you know, kids are a little more pliable and a little more forgiving than adults. You know, you did, it's like they say, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. (laughs) It's kind of, you know, it's. It doesn't mean it's not going to work out if you adopt an adult cat. If, if you're adopting a cat from a shelter, you have no idea what its past experiences are with dogs or cats or people, for that matter, or anything. So you don't really know. But, you know, a kitten is, is going to always be a little bit safer bet because they learn by trial and error as they're going along. And they learn that, OK, I can I can manage this dog and this dog's not going to eat me and it's okay. And they have an opportunity to, you know, to grow up and develop a a real relationship with the dog. But by no means does that mean that an adult cat doesn't work with a dog. They absolutely can.
2: So you mentioned a process. Is there an introduction process that you recommend for this type of thing?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely like with all things cat go slow right (laughs) i mean there's a long methodical process for introducing cats to cats and if you head over to our youtube channel i actually did a webinar on that process and that recording is on the youtube channel and you can follow that there is not one on introducing a cat to dogs because it's actually a a lot easier So first of all, when you bring a new cat home, you need to realize what we call the the settling in experience, right? The acclimation time. It's gonna take what we call the 3-3-3 theory. It's gonna take three days for that cat just to get out of shell shock, right? Just to go, oh my God, what's happened, where am I? And then it takes three weeks for them to go, okay, okay, I think this is cool. No one's going to kill me here. All right, all right. I think I can kind of settle in and start trusting my environment. And it can take up to three months for them to fully kind of get in with your routines and, and jive with what's going on and be comfortable in the environment. So you don't want to rush this introduction to the other pets in the home. Give them at least a couple weeks by (laughs) themselves in a sanctuary room. So anytime you bring home a new cat, you set up a sanctuary room of their own. This should be a room that you're spending a lot of time in, like a home office or a a den or you know that kind of thing so something where the family gets to spend time with the cat as the cat is getting to know everyone and and settle Uh it and that is not the time to bring in other animals to introduce to the cat so definitely keep the cat in its sanctuary room you know you can swap spaces with the dog just like we do with cats you know you you put the dog in the in the cat room and let the cat go out and smell all the stuff that the dog's been around and absolutely you want to leash the dog so the dog is not overwhelming to the cat. Let the cat kinda of come up to the dog and inspect the dog and smell the dog and hiss at the dog and do all the things a cat's naturally gonna do anyway and, and watch the dog's reaction. But keep that dog restrained so that it's not scaring the cat. You know, a a cat's always going to show the dog who's boss. And everybody who's had cats and dogs knows this is true. A cat's going to go up and whack the dog upside the head when the dog starts getting into their business. And the dog will go, oh, I get it. Okay, okay, you're the boss. You know, it's amazing that a species without a social hierarchy is so good at commanding another species that has a very definite social hierarchy, like dogs do. It's actually pretty, pretty entertaining. But you know what you don't want to do? You you hear a lot of people, and and you know Leanne included, Leanna included, um, you know that want to put the cat in a carrier and let the dog sniff around the carrier. That's really gonna frighten your cat a lot. That cat is in a new environment. It's scared already. It's got this big smelly dog coming around. It it's trapped. It has nowhere to go. You know, cats always need two escape routes. Well, you put it in a carrier and it's that's hard mentally on a cat. So, if you do anything but the dog in the carrier and then let the cat wander around and smell the dog, that that's the safest thing to do. And that's the best way, really, for the cat to kind of learn the dog and the dog smells and and things like that. So we we actually I I do have a podcast uh, long ago podcast with a dog trainer that talked a little bit about how to go through that introductory process. But go slow. Check out our three 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 sheet. We have a great one. If if you can't easily find it, you can email me, Molly, at cattalkradio.com and just tell me you want the three 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 sheet, and that will help you to understand where the cat is, how long it takes for the cat to acclimate, and what you should be doing during each of those periods to help that cat really settle in to its new environment. But definitely don't don't be afraid, and unless you have a really prey-driven dog, don't be afraid to adopt a cat into your home with a dog there's there's nothing better than to see pictures of cats and dogs all cuddled up and they can be the best 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 of buds so i would definitely recommend you doing it as long as your dog's not going to eat the cat
2: <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure that would not be good well you know listen thank you very much uh Leanna, for sending this in um, and I'm sure this gets questioned a lot from people that are listening. What about my dog and can I bring a cat in the house? And if if I have a cat, what well, can I bring a dog in the house? I mean, it's, you know, it's really one of those things when people are animal lovers, they are animal lovers typically for both dogs and cats. And so uh, I'm sure this was a uh, something a lot of people had in mind and a lot of questions. and. Thank you, Molly, for bringing up several different ways of being able to, to do the process properly and talking to us about how we can do that without having a lot of major issues uh, coming down the pipe. So that's that's really good. And listen, uh, I'd like to tell everybody that's listened, if, I'd like to invite you to support the work that we do. We provide the, this podcast and other resources for free and Molly really works very hard on trying to bring information forward. And she takes many cat behavior cases for free to low-income cat parents. So any kind of donation would be uh, wonderful and, and it will help someone else who has cat problems.
1: Yeah, and I might add too that, you know, when you're going through this process of introducing cats and dogs, Remember that positive reinforcement is always the best way to get the behavior that you wanna see out of both species. So when the dog is being calm around the cat, reward for calm. When the cat is rubbing up against the dog, reward the cat for being nice to the dog. So remember that positive reinforcement is the way to train both of these species and and to really see the results that you want quickly. And as Dewey said, absolutely, you know, I've dedicated this business and in many ways my life to keep cats out of shelters. And if you also care about cats, consider sending us a gratuity donation. Every little bit helps and we make it super easy. You can just go to the store, on our website at catbehaviorsolutions.org and you can scroll down the products in the store to the very bottom and that's where all there's a variety of donation amounts. You can just choose them and add to your cart and check out with your credit card like you normally would.
2: Yes, and while you're in the store, go ahead and pick up some of those fun, fun toys for your cat. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram too. That would be very nice of you. This is all volunteer-based podcast to help you take better care of your cat and increase the bond between you and your little kitty. And we're going to keep doing this as long as shelter <laughs> It
1: was very funny. We were at dinner with friends last night and their, their daughter and, and son were there, and, and we were talking about cats, and and, I, and Dewey and I, in unison, said yes, because shelter euthanasia is the number one cat in cat, so it was very funny.
2: <laughs> couldn't <laughs> so help but say that, right?
1: Couldn't help but go there. So until next time, keep calm and purr on. Yes, goodbye, everybody.
0: You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at Solutions.com. That's Solutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, CatTalkRadio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit CatTalkRadio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.